I'm one of the good boys. Being Chris, on the internet for day. I'm Chris said to know, let's make a podcast, boy. Come on now, what do you say? Well, what will this podcast be about? It's new with a tear in his eye. We got stories that people tell each other from Louisiana Pike to the city of Mumbai. Oh, you mean urban legends. And the podcast was Urban Legends with Bill and Chris. You take care, y'all. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Urban Legends, number one on the internet for your urban legend needs. I am Robin Hood-style train robber, man of the people, the ladies love him, the men want to love him too, uh, Billy Florida, and with me, as always, is corrupt Pinkerton, Mr. Neil Herbert. Hi, Neil. How's it going, you dirty Pinkerton? It's going all right, you know. Getting some good contracts, you know. Yeah. Fortunately, never... having no morals means I can earn, earn, earn the big bucks. Yeah. You're never going to catch me. Some... You're never going to catch me. You know that, don't you? We'll see. Pinkerton people... always gets his man. Well, the people the people support me. They'll hide me, if needs be. I'm always, I'm always two moves ahead, mate. Mm, so you say. I do say that. Always, you know, always slip I know... up at the end. I know you're angry ever since um, ever since the Confederacy loss and you had to take a job as a Pinkerton, but, you know, it's what it is, mate. States rights or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love how you paint me in these fucking... Biggest <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, uh, you know, it's... Uh... Well, we know, we know at the end it'll be me and you on top of... A cliff top, but obviously not That'll in the be, west. It'll be um, on top of what's it called, Mount Rushmore. Flying <laughs> on top of uh, <laughs> Lincoln's face or something. I don't know. Is Lincoln on there? I don't know. Yeah, remember. I think so. Yeah, it's Lincoln. Um, it'll be George Trump. Washington, obviously. Yeah, we George Trump, Washington, George Washington, and um, the Gipper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, alternative life life form. Yes. Um, no, I don't. Uh, you. The eagle-eared listener will notice, well, first of all, that I'm better. Uh, you could hear in the Turkish episode that I was on my way to a chest infection, so that was yeah. good. Um, but also they'll hear... I just that, assumed that early early insert brain damage was coming on, the earlier onset than, than I thought. <laughs> well, I mean, isn't that the whole point of me being on this? <laughs> so you can <laughs> you can slyly mock my early... Onset brain damage. One, for, one or other of us is going to have a, a medical profit. emergency on the mic, and then the other is going to profit <laughs> what, what's left of our, our rapidly diminishing lifespan. Um, but the eagle-eared listener will notice that my voice is much crisper and smoother, like a fine Chardonnay or a Christmas pudding. Is that because you've been smoking Havana cigars, Chris? It's because I've been smoking many a Havana cigar. I got them in duty-free on my way back Lovely. from Turkey. And also because I... Uh, I got sent my uh, uh, Lynn Ferbert mic, which I believe um, are still on sale on our website. Yeah, um, you pick can, one of those up. Yeah, I mean, I was fortunate that I was able to get a bit of money out of uh, the Black Ops budget for, uh, from our from our sponsors at the CIA, our um, under-the-counter sponsors. But at this um, price, surely stocks can't last long, Chris. Well, I think you're probably right there, Neil. If I was in the... If I was, if I hadn't got this mic and I was in the market for a mic, I'd be on there now straight away, waving my cash 
saying, sell me one. Probably buy two or three. You know, on eBay, God knows, you could probably, probably go for triple the price. Oh, yeah. Well, absolutely. Like you, um, like you pointed out, it's like Coots Bank. You have to be normally, under normal circumstances, you, know, you have to be invited to own one of these microphones. So, um, yeah, just a little... If you're enjoying the sound quality, then you can go to our website, um, name pending, and um, yeah, just get one of these. Um, sort of now, invite. now, I understand that you have been watching some Robert the Doll film recently. Yeah, do, you well, wanna, do you want to let us know how that's gone? <laughs> um, yeah, well, you know... It's on Netflix, yeah? It's a, yeah, it's on Netflix. It's pretty much what you'd expect. It's probably pretty much a solid 5 out of 10. I will say, you know, you're in and out in an hour and a half, but you're going to have to sit and watch some... I mean, it's interesting, some interesting decisions, and I think, mm. you know, possibly the director's... Is he, it... is he a romantic lead in it? <laughs> well... Very much depends... a Cary Grant character? <laughs> depends on your perspective, <laughs> I suppose. So, no, unfortunately, they... see, see, this is the thing, and this is the problem I have with a lot of these movies, they've decided to make him look more, quote-unquote, terrifying. Right. No, I did. I did very much enjoy the opening. So you've got they've they've relocated it to Wales for some reason, right? And there's a there's an Irish nanny who's at some house with some. I think they were saying like Canadians. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> but then there's this whole thing where they're going like, "Oh, the house is haunted." The house. Is Basically, haunted. what's happened here is American actors are too expensive. Yeah, effectively. <laughs> well, I, th- I think the director might be a Welsh lad himself, and um, right. so I think he just decided to rather reset. than. And he doesn't like <laughs> flying. He's like Mr. T. I well, I think afford to be able to film it somewhere else, or for other people. It's probably more. It, it's got a bit of a community theatre vibe. Now, what I did enjoy, they had a. Um, there are some things that are, that are good about it. So there's the um, disclaimer at the start that it's based on a true story. Oh, you know, it, none of these events happened or were set in Wales, but you know, <laughs> bear with us. And they do mention the sort of. Um, was it Key Martello Museum or whatever it was, where it's currently located? Yeah. So, you know, the staff have reported strange things happening with the doll. And, and there's something on there. Should, you, quite... should you wish to send Robert any, yes. <laughs> any cocaine or money, then... then then please do. But no, I did, I like the opening. So, yeah, there's this, this Irish nanny who, for some reason, she now owns Robert the doll. I don't know where she got it from a kid in Florida from. Um, but supposedly she stumbled across it on the attic. And she did a bit of, well, we, we find out at the end, a bit of a twist, because I shouldn't only bother to watch this. Right. But, um, Spoilers. She was, yeah, so spoiler alert for anyone <laughs> desperate to watch Robert the Dark, don't bother, frankly. Um, that she was, yeah, she she was involved in the dark arts or something and managed to, he'd, he'd been stuck in the attic. Like jazz. Reawaked his spirit. Um, oh, okay. His evil spirit, which was bound to the doll. Um, well, anyway, is, yeah, so, so the, so the, so the opening it is, it, it is true that, most Irish people have one foot in Catholic, yeah. have one foot in Catholicism and one foot in the Celtic yeah, pagan, pagan occult. Yeah, that's true. I know that of my own family. So there you go. Apart so from the Catholic bit, that's, that's <laughs> more clearly how she was able to uh, bring the bring the evil haunted doll back to other not life exactly. Um, but yeah, so but no, there's just a bit of the element. They kind of like it's like they're supposed to be. They think they're in a haunted house. This couple and star, and then she just sort of turns around to the camera and says. But it's not the house that's haunted, my dears. It's the doll. They do a close in the attic of Robert. He turns to the camera. One of those violin scenes. So that that was an immediate laugh. And I thought we're off to a good start here. Unfortunately, then you've got kind of like what's effectively, you know, jump scare. Yeah. Well, no, it's not really. It's not even a jump scare. Because 
so so the first so firstly it's just like so you've got basically there's a couple and they've got a kid and um he's like the Welsh Alan Partridge, basically. Right. He's the best I can describe him. <laughs> and she's she's supposed to have had some sort of um, mental health conditions, but she's now on medication, she's feeling better, but there's a bit of tension between them about that, and, you know, all they're going to play with the whole is it all in her head, which they mm. do a little bit. So, like, you know, firstly, you know, um, her painting gets a load of red splashed over it, and she thinks it's the kids. And, oh, why would you do that? That's really bad. And he's like, I didn't. Robert did. <laughs> <laughs> and then Robert steals a lipstick and writes die in the mirror, and but then mm. it disappears. Which, so is actually, clean- which is actually a Welsh name. Yeah, so. so you know, so just, you're probably just trying to communicate, and then just not. Yeah. But yeah, but what's good, what I quite liked was he, he writes lipstick on the mirror for his die, and then when Welsh and Partridge comes in to look at it, he's cleaned it all off again, and you get a couple of moments where you see these little dolls' feet just. Um, <laughs> but then it's all climax. Do they, yeah. do they use a do they use a xylophone for the sound effect? On that? Unfortunately, they don't. Yeah, they should Aww. have done all like some little bells like they did in that children's TV thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because I mean, you, the thing is, I mean, it, this is the thing with child's play as well. You can't not make a a doll sized thing beating up adults, full size adults, not look ridiculous. No. So by the end of it, he's just. He's stomping around with a baseball bat cleaning and it brings Welsh Alan Partridge somehow. Oh. We managed to get him from behind, but then, um, but the problem is, yeah, because because there's a, you I know because you could tell they couldn't really. It's not so they've created this creepy doll, but they clearly didn't. They couldn't make it animatronic or whatever. It wasn't in the budget animatronic. So they just they're just throwing a doll at people. <laughs> Effectively, yeah, they just it's just a close up of a doll with clutching a baseball bat, but you can't actually see the hand. So I assume it's just somebody clutching a doll with a baseball bat or something, and he so, just zooms in on his face, so it look evil, and then switches. Yeah, to I someone. think because someone gets pushed down the stairs, somebody gets sort of the baseball bat. But I then, think it's a bad. I think it's a bad decision for, by the writers to have the doll physically attacking people i think if you had made just had it psychological then you can kind of go all right but like a doll going around braining people with a baseball bat it's kind of you're kind of making a rod for your own back really no exactly well the thing is that clearly they come up with a concept they didn't really know what to do and they didn't really know how to shoot it fully you get a little bit like sam rami can where it's just like you know they what should be him running through the garden or something like that and that kind of thing um so that, that's kind of okay yeah exactly pov rubber cam um so that that's that's kind of like all right but yeah i mean just any i mean even with like chucky at least he was sweary but even that looks sort of ridiculous but at least he was like knocking do you think that do you think that the uh the owners of it the um the key largo museum do you reckon they get paid a little a little bit of money for the rights or anything or is it different <laughs> enough that they don't have to bother I, yeah, no, I, I don't know actually. Cause a they solidarity do, they payment. They mentioned Key Martello Museum, so obviously it's kind of like, yeah, I don't, I don't think they're probably paying licensing rights. And I think I was saying this to you before. Actually, it's not just a film; it's actually a franchise. There are five of these films. <laughs> I don't think I'll be going through any of the sequels. But yeah, brilliantly, the way he dies at the end, um, at, while Shannon Partridge comes up and just throws a knife into him, and then they close in on just like this doll with a kitchen knife in it. Um, <laughs> Sounds good. Well, Mark, so yeah, so you gave it a five out of ten. So yeah, it's five five out of ten for me. You know, if you does, does you Pelle yourself show, by does, all means, watch. Does Pele turn up? Sadly, he doesn't. They couldn't, no, couldn't afford Pele money. No, it's low rent, isn't it? Although there, I haven't mentioned there is there's a there's a big twist at the end. See if oh, you can right. guess what it might be. What do you want me to guess? Yeah, go on then. Actually, you is, can guess. Is it that we're all Robert? <laughs> is it that is it that Robert's actually a ghost? <laughs> They're all ghosts. 
And Robert's the only one that's real. Okay, now I'll try. They're and, haunting so, Robert. So he's so he's Robert's he's, an alien. He stabbed Robert. Yeah, and then he's Welsh and Partridge is running a bath, mm. but then suddenly, oh my god, something comes in and stabs him, and then the mother's like, oh my god, no, what's happened? What does the camera pan up to reveal? Robert. No, the kids, 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 kids become possessed by the spirit of Robert now. Oh no! It's always what happens. T-shirt covered in blood. Yeah, that's he's, what happens when you don't wear your, wear your where you don't wear your David Soul get up in it. Yeah, you get possessed. posters to fine. prevent demonic possession. Oh, well, if you're lucky, you'll just be flying off the bed. But if you're unlucky, you'll end up stabbing your dad. So, you know. so Neil, I think that um, that section of the show where we uh, have some hot back and forth conversation is now complete. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we take that box. What do you uh, what, what do you want to talk about today, Neil? I believe you're you're driving. I'm doing. Yeah. So we're going to talk about we're going to talk about um, an urban legend, which is quite a classic one. But then I'm going to sort of go off into something like some specific examples because this is one of those rare ones where it's a really kind of like it's it's a real piece of like urban folklore which you know usually the ones on the so it's the vanishing hitchhiker okay is what it's called i don't know if you've heard of this this one at all before chris um yeah i've heard of kind of hitchhikery tales yeah so supposedly there's kind of versions of this go back to the 1870s where it it turns out the hitchhiker's a ghost or something yeah exactly or just you know I mean, who knows? Could be that's one, alien. one theory. Yeah. Could be an alien. Could be a military experiment gone wrong. Probably not a half human, half animal, cryptid type thing. But you know, who knows? Shame in that. That's a shame. Um, but yeah, there's apparently there's, there's versions of these stories all around the world. But the um, so starting with the wiki page, there's um, there's quite a few sort of. I mean, you know, well, I've done quite a lot of sort of research of the um, folklore in, in America. So so we'll look at the uh, the sort of the common variation of the of the theme. So um, you have a, a vanishing hitchhiker departing as a normal passenger. They've left some item in the vehicle or having borrowed a garment for protection against the cold. And then so so they, they'll, they'll come and get picked up and then they'll just, you know, vanish off somewhere. Um, or do, they they, might... um, do, you, do you have to do the hitchhiker thing, which they do in America, which is provide gas, grass or arse? I don't. I don't know what the um, what the more petrol, petrol, sex, or drugs. Yeah, no, I get gas, grass, or ass. I've heard that phrase before. Um, I mean, I, that would depend on the driver, I suppose. It's, yeah. not, it's not for all hitchhikers, is it? I mean, but um, I've never hitchhiked, but I've got friends who have, and I don't no, believe they ever had to pay in weed or uh, or any of the other things. Where were they hitchhiking? Oh, uh, this is around Europe. Yeah, no, we UK. don't. So. We're not. <laughs> I, tend to. I think. I think we. It tends to be more of a good deed rather than uh, trying to get someone to pay you with sex for a lift somewhere. I mean, Peter Sutcliffe <laughs> would probably argue the point on that one, but I'm not sure he was a hitchhiker. No, well, well no, he was picking up. Uh, well, there's mm. a few creeps. Let's not. Let's not dive into. That. No, let's not get into that piece of it. But. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, but no, generally in terms of hitchhiking, well, no, I imagine it'd be similar in the states, though. I don't think it's all all that. I think that's that's more of a kind of like laddish kind of um, joke, isn't it? But um, anyway, yeah. So I don't know, don't know the rules of the pick them up, but no, I don't, and I don't know what the uh, I don't know that ghosts. This is why I always wear my chastity belt when hitchhiking. Exactly. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know what it'd be like to get stoned with a ghost, but uh, so I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure what the rules are that apply there or any of the other. Um, mm. Can ghosts get stone mill? And yeah, and you know, like if they're bringing along petrol, what if that vanishes at the same time that the hitchhiker does? 
out straight out of the tank. Straight out of the tank, that'd be awkward, wouldn't it? You know, don't know what that could do <laughs> to your engine. That would be awkward. <laughs> That's how I'd describe I, it. Oh, this is awkward. Try explaining that to the officer as he pulls you over. <laughs> He's not going to take it, is he? He's going to just he's going to empty it. As the police officer straight through the windscreen. That's, <laughs> as I believe, the uh, standard procedure these days. But... Probably. Yeah. Um, with his Punisher, Punisher, <laughs> Punisher sticker on, it, on the back of his squad car, because that is definitely what you want from people who are public servants. Absolutely. <laughs> I like the fact there was... Um, that's why you know I work in sort of public sector. That's why um, my my desktop um, background is a, a human beat stamping on a face. <laughs> you know, it just really inspires me to uh, how I should conduct myself. Well, there's that. I was we're, we're both fans of um, podcast guy and writer Robert Evans, and he was talking because you know he's got he's got understandable issues with the state of policing in America, and he was saying that. Because there was this thing that went sort of viral, and it was of police in London. There was a guy with like, like threatening people with a knife or machete or something, and they managed to Talk slowly down, take yeah. him down, right? Using taser, pepper spray, whatever, de-escalate the situation. Yeah. An American, like a lot of American sort of right wing people, going, "Ha ha! Look at this! Uh, they don't even have guns. So this is well stupid." Robert Evans going, "No." The guy's alive. No one got hurt. They managed to take him down, de-escalate the situation without any weapons. That's what you should be doing. Yeah. And I think that's that's I, I don't know. I don't think I don't want our police any more armed than necessary, really, because I think then you're just in an arms race between criminals and law enforcement. No, no, I, I tend to agree. Well, the thing is, you do have armed police in the UK. There's SO19, yeah. they're called, aren't they? But it's and they, they will get sent in for various things. But they're very highly trained, and, and even then, to be honest, you have like, one, Sussex you police have... got a really bad rep a while back because there were a couple of deaths. Like a guy with a table leg, who they mm. supposed was was brandishing it threateningly. I'm not convinced. Or there was that um, poor Brazilian chap who got shot in the tube, wasn't there? That went back to the Met. To be... Yeah, but yeah. you've got tactical. You've got the, the tactical firearms units, and um, each county has them yeah. so you know like they we have them in sussex yeah. they're, they're up in lewis um and then if there's a big incident then kent will come and help or surrey will help or whatever so you have like a specific group of you know however met 15 officers who are fully trained and that's what they do yeah. but no one else gets to carry weaponry i don't even like them having tasers i don't even like them having truncheons and whistles to be honest and notebooks get rid of it all <laughs> well there you go but yeah no no agreed i forget i've got onto this tangent but um it's right uh, it was ask ask grass or oh right yeah gas <laughs> petrol yes right um <laughs> Right. So, so um, spooky hitchhikers. Spooky hitchhiker. Yeah. So, so you, you know, effectively, you know, it's you're picking someone up and they sort of vanish during the um, vanish during the the drive. So, you know, I don't know. To be honest with you, ghosts or whatever. You, I don't know why you're wasting your both of our time, but clearly you've got you know time. Well, it could be stuck in some kind of loop. That's true. Yeah. So it could have been that they were hitchhiking and they were hit by a car when they were hitchhiking. And then so they're kind of stuck in a temporal loop where they keep doing the same thing over and over again until, I don't know, like someone they, someone banishes them to the netherworlds or something. Or they can know. only go so far from where they died, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. 
so they're trying to leave. But I mean, the rules the rules around ghosts are we've just not put enough research into it, Chris. That's the problem. That's what it is. You know, you're too, too busy, much, too busy. Too... You know, funding medicine and yeah. You know, parapsychology is crying out for, <laughs> for some funding. Yeah. I reckon. I reckon. I reckon we could con Musk into putting some money into some of this reckon, shit. Yeah, just tweet some nonsense out there and start up some things like, oh, he's, yeah, he's, he's looking into all the gay ceiling and he goes, yeah, good point. <laughs> good point, mate. <laughs> Who is looking into the ghosts? That's how he talks. I would imagine so. Um, <laughs> Real life Iron Man. Don't even forget it. Um, yeah, so so you in in the in the kind of like the legends, you'll get things where maybe they may borrow something and it vanishes, or they might put something in themselves. So, so the garment they've borrowed might be. Well, they're either to... taking stuff or leaving stuff. Yeah. Again, the the rules are <laughs> the rules are confusing. Yeah, and the, you know maybe these are embellishments, but they so so the, the garment borrowed could be found draped over a gravestone in a local cemetery. Ah. Oh. You know, or it might be something that belongs to the family or something like that. Um, also, sometimes you'll find that, uh, you know, the, the ghost will, uh, you know, give some sort of dire prediction or something like that. Or, mm. you know, something that you've also, um, there are there are hitchhiking legends, Not um, th- th- there's a, a variant in, in Hawaii as well that involves, you're like this, Chris, the goddess Pele. Hey, yeah. <laughs> he certainly is. It's a she, actually. I think she's a, um, she's a sort of spirit of volcanoes or something like that in Hawaiian yeah, like um, Pele. religion. Yeah, that's yeah. what they they named the goddess after the footballer. Yeah, almost certainly. Yeah, um, because of his volcanic bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Scott, I say twenty thousand goals. Don't worry about it, Puscat. Hey, he was a good player. He um, was a good player. Yeah. So, um, but what what she would do is um, travel the roads incognito and re- reward kind travellers. Oh, yeah. So that's good, isn't it? That's nice, isn't it? Yeah. It's funny how when you get out of the sort of Western European, North American legend stuff. A lot of the rest of the world, these kind of um, ethereal beings tend to be a bit more benevolent. They're not. They're not necessarily cruel or murdery. <laughs> I think it's where you've got um, a religion where you've got those kind of nature spirits. There's probably more. Yeah. Of a, like I think for more of. A, like, I mean, years and years back, there probably was things like that where we had druidism and stuff like that. But. Um, you know, large now where we've had sort of monotheistic religions like, you know, ghosts and things like that, or the only thing unexplained is meant to be a bit scary, isn't it? Whereas I think yeah. <clears throat> things like where you've had, I don't know, Shinto or whatever, that sort of Hawaiian um, yeah. the version of the sort of nature spirits and things like that, you're probably, you're probably a bit more open in, in terms of the, uh, you know. Yeah, a bit more animist. Yeah. So oh, there's another good one here around two travellers sitting together on a train, um, and one of them's reading a book, and the other person asks what the book is about. First person says it's about ghosts, and they have a conversation about ghosts, and the second person asks the first if they believe in ghosts, and whether they've seen one. They say, no, I don't believe in ghosts, at which point the ghost vanishes. Wee! Uh-huh. I got your back. Isn't See it? you later. <laughs> oh, don't you? <laughs> How about this? That'd be good. You could, you could make a good killing as a, as a magician if you're a ghost, couldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, although I'm not sure that money translates into the afterworlds. Oh no! Sorry, sorry. That's no. I'm getting that wrong. You can take it with you. That's it. That's what they say, isn't it? Not oh, you can't. No, you can't. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Get as wealthy as you can on this plane, and then that sets you up 
in Such a good position. Nice. And, it's like your retirement plan nice. for when you, when you die, yeah. That was, well, I mean, that was very much what the pharaohs believed, wasn't it? So, uh, make sure you get it buried with you, though. Don't, you know, so don't yeah, and, 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 you know, any servants that you've yeah. got or anything well, yeah, to get well, them buried alive with you. <laughs> you know who else? I don't want. I don't want to make my own soup when I when I'm in the, the other kingdom. What's this stuff about weighing my soul? Oh dear, <laughs> that's not going to work out well, is it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, can you imagine? You sort of like you wake up in the afterlife and there's no one there to to make you. Oh God, you have to. Oh, it's God. a bit mad, wouldn't you? God, I wish I wasn't dead now. <laughs> this is awful. Got to make my own tea. Yeah. So, so there was um. An academic study around the different types of these things, and they they okay. managed to find um, so so a couple of folklorists went out and, and actually collected accounts like people telling these stories. Mm. Managed to get seventy nine written accounts of encounters of vanishing hitchhikers across the United States, and split it down to four different versions. So one is where the hitchhiker gives an address through which the motorist learns they've just given the lift to a ghost. I don't know how that How's works. That? Yeah, that's. I guess it must just be like, like you turn go- up to the house and it's like, you know, been dilapidated for 200 years or something like that, yeah. Or it's like, yeah, I... oh, Uncle Pete hasn't lived here for not even 15 <laughs> years or whatever. I don't know why they'd be speaking with that accent. But... Um, could you take me to 123 Tombstone? Yeah, or, you know, <laughs> was it Stull Valley or Stull, what was that, Stull Cemetery? Stull Cemetery, yeah. Can you yeah. take me to the cemetery, please? <laughs> I need to lie down. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it could so be that, that. that was the majority of them. Then, then there were a few where the hitchhiker was. Oh, that, that's the majority. Forty-nine of the seventy-nine were those were that those type. Um, and then you had stories right. where the hitchhiker is an old woman who prophesies disaster or the end of World War Two, and subsequent inquiries <laughs> likewise are to be deceased. A disaster or the end of this World is War Two. Weirdly written, to be honest. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. I mean, the end of right. World War Two is a good thing, unless you yeah. know. It, well, I mean, I suppose if it, if it ended in a defeat for the Allies, that would have been a very disastrous. But um, yeah, well, it certainly would have been. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Well, I mean, bear in mind they they were asking these accounts in the in the in forty two, forty three. So, oh, okay. People okay. would have been, you know, oh yeah, it wasn't just like they asked in like ninety seven or something. Yeah, that's it's what like, I'm thinking. Oh yeah, World War Two is going to end. It already has. <laughs> yeah, and today is ago. Yeah. Where have you been? I've been dead. So, oh, no, well, fair you enough. Know, still get the papers. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, the, the, the majority. So there are nine nine um, fit that description. Eight of those come from Chicago. Mm. So you know they think of. Um, there might be a little local Chicago legend. Um, then there'll be some stories. There's a few, few left where the, the stories of the girl that they've met at some place of entertainment or like a dance instead on the road, and she'll leave a token like an overcoat borrowed from a motorist on her grave by corroborating the experience and her identity. Okay. Well, on her grave, or just yeah. a grave? Yeah. So you, you go, you know, let's say you go to like country dance and like that. And then, I mean, you, know, you, you lend you lend her your coat, and then she disappears. And you think, oh, I've put an into you. And then, for some reason, you're wandering around the graveyard, feeling a bit sorry for yourself. Yeah, what are you doing? Wandering, like... wandering what it keeps happening to you. <laughs> <laughs> got, got a can of cider on the go. And then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and you know, oh, Jean, something or another. And it's like, you know, that's just, it's scored in a, a gravestone. Yeah, you mean, you mean, over the top of it. you meet someone at a, uh, at a cure concert, <laughs> and then <laughs> they disappear. Uh, they've nicked, they've nicked your. It's your, your black uh, trench coat, yeah. and then you go, as always, when things don't go well, you head off down the graveyards yeah, for a little, for, a little yeah. for some for some strong cider and listen to your Walkman. <laughs> Boys don't cry, something like that. Then you you find it, and then that's uh, 
Lance, you want, want, want a little pick me up? You do the um, what's that? Do, 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 Love do, cats. Do, Love cats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which is actually cool. my favourite Cure song. It's the only Cure song I think I know, pretty much. I think no, I know. listen to some other Cure songs, but I don't, I'm not you familiar know, with them. Boys don't cry. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, I know two apparently. Yeah, there you go. Off to the graveyard with you. Yes. Just like the world's worst cousin, you go down there and you're just listening to Love Cats. Dressed with all your cat makeup, like whiskers on. Goth cat. A really bright yellow. Some grease. Am I doing this wrong? Why is everyone so miserable? <laughs> That's good, this stuff. It's really upbeat. <laughs> Shut up. Doing it wrong. Come on, guys. Let's have a dance. <laughs> hey, come on. Turn that frown upside down. <laughs> no, I didn't go down very well with the local golf community. Yeah, no. <laughs> Why be a follower? That's what I said, Chris. Um, exactly. good, good luck to you if you enjoy it. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Or stories where the hitchhiker is later identified as a local divinity. I mean, I'm, I imagine that would be a bit... Local divinity. Yeah. Well, in been, America. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, as, as, as is so often the case, when I just sort of suddenly read these out without actually thinking about them too much, let's have a look. So, Oh, what you saw there, boy, was Athos. He's our local yeah. divinity. <laughs> so the vanishing hitchhiker was subsequently identified as the late Mother Cabrini, founder of the local Sacred Heart orphanage, who was... Beatified for her work. Okay, well, that's a saint okay, like rather a saint. than divinity. Okay, so like, yeah. Yeah. No, right. yeah. This person uses the wrong words a lot, which is interesting when yeah, you choose a career like, in writing. Divinity, mate, that might be technically... Well, to me, it's, it's, all, it's all free, isn't it? And wiki, to be fair. No, it's probably just me being... Anyway, so, so you, get, you get the notion of the, um, of the, the, the basic idea. There's, there's lots of different variants, but basically it's a sort of... It's just a story. But mm. we've got some... Some specific examples, Chris. Oh. And I tell you what, they're not from the States. Really? No. So, Canada? No. The first one I'm going to share with you is from the UK. UK. Um, from Bedfordshire. Oh. That's, not just, that's not just a made-up name. That's a, that's a real county in England. Or... It is. It's where, uh, well, it's, it's north-west of London. It's one of the home counties. It's where Watford is. So, imagine yourself driving down a lonely country road at night. You're all alone with only the car radio and the dashboard lights for company. As you see it's a bend... Love Cats playing. Yeah, Love Cats are playing. I was just saying, actually, this is coming from thehistorypress.co.uk. Um, mm. I assume... Yeah, I, I looked this up and I thought, well, the History Channel's you know, it's good and accurate, isn't it? It does a lot of good stuff for us. So, uh, so History Press, you know... You, I don't know if there's there's any relation. just to let you just to let you know Neil there's um on on Amazon the History Channel bit there's a new series of ancient aliens out and I know I know you'd like the first episode is all of the um, nutters trying to convince William Shatner that ancient aliens are real so that's that's an interesting episode <laughs> is is he putting up with any of their bullshit he, do you know what like he's he's very he's a very polite man oh good luck to him. He, um, you know, he says, I can see why you're interested in it. He doesn't, he, they don't necessarily turn him completely. He's not rude or anything. Oh, that's, that's good. No, he's not. Well, rude. I've heard he's got quite a spicy Twitter feed, but it's one of those ones where, um, 
you know, when when somebody's that a celebrity and they're a bit old, you wonder whether it's they're actually running the thing. Yeah, you know, especially if it's like an elderly celebrity and they seem to be weirdly engaged. But I don't know. Maybe maybe he is. Uh, who knows? Well, I think that he is someone who is quite comfortable parading parading himself, isn't he? Oh, for sure. Like he's but he's for about twenty five years his tongue has firmly been in cheek with pretty much everything he does. Actually, probably from before that. I mean, he's even doing that in Aeroplane 2, isn't he? So, yeah. I mean, I think, you know. And his spoken words, that's brilliant. <laughs> I'll take your word for that. Um, no, I, I don't know. He I seems all right. I, yeah. reckon he, I reckon he's probably quite a laugh. Yeah, I don't, don't know too much about him, to be honest with you. But, um, yeah, you would like to think so. Um, anyway, so, so you're out on the road, and as you as you... Round a bend, you see coming out of the blackness a solitary figure thumbing for a ride. Mm. Do you stop and offer a lift or pass a traveller by and continue on your way? Is this, do I choose? Is this like a choose your own Apparently adventure? It's a choose your own adventure story. Maybe roll and roll a six. <laughs> maybe you think someday you might be in a better situation yourself or in the same situation yourself and decide against your better judgment to stop and help out. That's good social conscience, sir. Yeah. You know, just think if you were in that situation, wouldn't you want to be picked up? So, 40 years ago, more or less, a, a young tradesman from Bedfordshire decided he'd play the Good Samaritan and pick up a standard traveller. This is in 1979. Mm. Um, and it's proved to be one of the most chilling and convincing paranormal encounters of modern times. <laughs> yeah, gone in, gone in bold there with their, with their statement. So, late in the evening of 12th October 1979, mm. 26-year-old carpet fitter Roy Fulton from Dunstable Mm-hmm. Was returning home from a pub darts match nearby Leighton Buzzard. We nice. Leighton Buzzard is also a real town name for anyone who's not in the UK. <laughs> for anyone confused, not in the UK. <laughs> these are real names. We're not making these up. This is just what UK names sound like. Um, it, it was a young man standing in an isolated stretch of station road on the outskirts of Stanbridge. Notions. Of, I mean, this is this will be this will be one annoy. So notions of ghosts and the supernatural were far from Fulton's mind. Oh yeah, yeah. How do you know that exactly? As being an avid Liverpool supporter, he was casting his thoughts ahead to the following day's match and the prospects of his favourite team. Ugh. Um, I mean, maybe he said all this afterwards because he was interviewed a couple of times. But I don't, but I haven't seen any supporting evidence of that. Typical so. Southern Liverpool supporter. <laughs> <laughs> In the glare of the minivan's headlights, he saw a youth standing in the near side verge, thumbing for a lift. Suddenly, he was either going to Tottenham or Dunstable. Fulton came to a halt in front of the hitchhiker, who walked along the road towards the van. He was casually dressed in dark trousers and a jumper, and wore a white-coloured shirt. Nothing seemed mm-hmm. out of the ordinary. A white-coloured shirt underneath the jumper, like um, like a consultant or something. You know what? <laughs> that, that was the sort of stuff my granddad would have worn because it was like yeah. you know. I wouldn't say that was casually dressed. No, it's not that. Ca- well, it's that kind of. When people have been brought up quite formal... Yeah, they can never, you know they I mean? always wear a not shirt. Putting a, you're always wearing a shirt, so you just put a jumper over the top. To sort that's of why, um, That's why, bizarrely, pyjamas, like, pyjama <laughs> shirts, like, if you get a set of pyjamas, I mean, I, yeah. I, I just sleep in shorts, but if you get, like, a proper set of pyjamas, the shirts, like, can take a tie for some reason. They've got a collar on them. <laughs> it's, like, really weird. got to wear my, bed, my bedtime tie. Or you could have a cravat. That'd be good. Yeah, yeah. yeah bow tie. Nice. A, bow, a bolo tie, if you're um, in Texas. Just whatever whatever you're, the smartness is for where you're going. You know, you don't want to, you know, you come, someone comes <laughs> in for a horn thing. You don't want to look not smart. You want to look your best. Yeah, you put your breakfast tie on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or, or when you decide to leave the room, you know. Just... 
I think that I want to get changed, but obviously you're not going to appear outside your bedroom in, without tie on. So. I think I'm at a stage in my life now that, apart from funerals, probably I probably will never wear a tie again because I don't yeah. wear I don't wear them for work. I don't even wear like work trousers anymore. No, what do you wear? Jeans. Just uh, top just pants. <laughs> Yeah, just my underpants and a T-shirt. And the top is not coming into the office. <laughs> you can no. work from... It's actually in your contract that you have to work from home. <laughs> You're not allowed into the office. The security has been warned. Um, that security's just... also been ramped up, I believe. <laughs> They're now armed. They've actually got in a <laughs> Blackwater now to the security at your office. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder uh, what that water cannon was doing last week. <laughs> but... Um, no, no, I, I just um, uh, just jeans, a jeans, a t-shirt, or jeans and a, and a jumper. To be honest with you, I, I've I, only I, had I, to be into. I've only had to go into my office. I've worked there eight months. I've only had to go in twice, and I've worn a suit and a shirt, but no tie because why? Do you know what I mean? It's unnecessary. Yeah. I might, I might, yeah, because I've not worn a suit in quite a while. I suspect I will gradually get back into it at some point. But nah, also, don't bother yeah. me. Yeah, stupid. But, anywho, um. Oh, I so, do wear my. I do wear a suit when I go out to, for my uh, dancing when I go to the eighties nights. Wear my pastel suit. Oh, of course, yeah. Well, Sleeves rolled up. Northern soul. Yeah, Hawaiian shirt underneath. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> uh, brown, brown spats. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah, put a quiff, comb my quiff back. Yeah. Big. Um, I hope you've put a whole pot of um, big long chain to keep my keys on. Yeah. Or for you know for fighting well, against, yeah, if, if against, it comes to that, we're not going to start. It'll be a finish <laughs> against teddy boys or mods. Yeah. <laughs> still a big thing, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so you're clearly still back in the sixties. Um, well, so there was no good music after 1964, Neil. So 1969, yeah, no, we established that the other week, didn't we? No, I think no, I think 64. Yeah. Ferocious argument with this geezer. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think you'll find it's that's yeah, six, years yeah that, whatever. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, what you like your little? Oh, you're fan of Beatles, are you? Yeah, you like your 1967 nursery rhymes, do you, mate? No, 1964, then downhill. Oh, you think Sergeant Pepper's is worth listening to? <laughs> no, it's not. Ugh, it's just yeah. like kids' songs, isn't it? Gimmicky kids' songs. <laughs> <laughs> so. um... He'd come along to... Uh, yeah, anyway, so he's picked up the ghost. And the we ghost is... all live in a yellow submarine. Do you know what I mean? Like, grow up. Octopus's garden, fuck off. Well, you shouldn't let Ringo write songs. Well, leave him alone. He was the best songwriter, innit? That's true. You should let him write all the songs. He just wasn't... Do you know what? He just he just didn't... He wasn't forceful enough as a ego to be able to get his no, stuff you know, written. He was just, just waiting for his true calling, which was voicing Tom's Tank Engine. <clears throat> Thomas the Tank Engine. Thomas the Tank Engine, right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That was the highlight of his career. That was the highlight of the Beatles. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I find the band very much a footnote to the Thomas the Tank Engine narration. But, yeah, I consider the Beatles, basically, that they were just tuning up. Yeah. And Thomas the Tank Engine was, was where it was going. That was the gig. As a triumphant final act. Um, <laughs> right, anyway, so, yeah, he's a Liverpool supporter. He's picked up a ghost. Ugh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it goes, looks like nothing out of the ordinary. It just looks like any any young lad from yeah, just, one of those times in the seventies, you know. Um, yeah. Starch white collar. Well, actually, I will. Uh, Argyle jumper. I've got a photo of Roy Fulton. Somehow. Who's Roy Fulton? 
He's the, the chap who's picked up the ghost. So I'm going oh, okay. to stick this in the. Um, I'm going to stick this in the uh, the chat. And uh, just to let um, listeners know, um, there will be no links to any images or anything ever under the podcast. His name is Roy Fulton. You can look him up if you if you want to. If you've got like nothing better to do, really. If you listen to this podcast. I'm assuming your time's not precious. Let's have a look. But we can share our impressions with the listeners. Which one is he? So he's the chap in. Oh, the, he's um, in the centre. He's in the centre. Oh goodness me! And I he think, looks like he's had a hard life. Well, this is the thing. I think he's in his twenties. <laughs> <laughs> this is a brilliant. They've obviously staged this photo. So this was the local he ended up in. We'll come to this. This is the this local pub, the Glider in Dunstable, Bedfordshire. And I, and he would have been well. He was twenty six when the whole thing happened. And I'm assuming this was a bit right behind the bar's pretty smooth, isn't he? He's. I'll tell you what. He's. Up he looks it. like. He looks like someone who burnt out in the city and decided to open a pub. Yeah, it's just an easier life. He's just yeah. He'll look after his clients. He's, I mean, I'll tell you what. That young man on the right, I'm not sure he's old enough to drink. <laughs> I mean, he looks about sort of. He looks about forty-seven, but uh, he's got. I think there's a tash going on there. Yeah, but um, everyone looks older back then. Well, this is the thing because it's like you know, ladies. I mean, they've all got a fag on. Obviously, they're all smoking. Oh, do you um, remember when you could smoke in pubs? Those are the good days. <laughs> I'm quite glad you can't now. It's ruining us enough of my health as well. They've all got a pint of the whiskey on at the side. Why? Why? Why is? Why is this website um, got down the sides uh, licensing options for this photo? Student or presentation forty quid. Non-commercial blog sixty-five quid. Or online media media one hundred and ninety quid. So, supposing that we wanted to um, to publish this photo on a, on a website of our own choosing, Chris, we could buy it for 190, and the license would be ours to do with w- w- as whatever we wanted. Right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it, it seems quite steep. <laughs> it's quite a lot of money, yeah. But, you know, it's an easy license. You just pay your money, and then you know. I mean, quite what they do. I don't know if the fourteen times. I think that's where it's come from. Is going to be sicking their lawyers on us if we did decide to publish it, but. Uh, and it's got it's got a sort of um, watermark over it as well, hasn't it? Yeah. Do you think that um, do you think that any of these characters see any of the money, or would it just be the photographer? It'll be the photographer, I'd imagine. Wow. So it's credited to Hart Davis fourteen. I imagine he's involved with the fourteen times. I don't know. Mm. I'm just guessing because it's about spooky stuff. It's a nice seventies pub, though, isn't it? It's it's yeah it's a lovely seventies pub. I mean it's really of its time, and it's just the thing that makes me laugh is just yeah because if that was in the seventies, he must have still been in his twenties. And by God, he looks late fifties, doesn't he? He really I mean, does. Forties yeah. best. I mean, I've not looked after myself, but you know, he looks older than me, and I'm in my early forties. Yeah. Well, carpentry, isn't it? Carpentry, difficult life. That's true, actually. Yeah, you know, he's uh, he's, yeah, he's been putting up shelves on that. An odd life, but yeah, I do. I think. Uh, but, but on the other side, I think I think the barman's in his. He's probably like middle aged, but he looks like he's had, um, you know. Well, like he looks like he looks it. like he looks like he comes from money. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's got that. He's got that um, certain confidence. He's got. He's got his. He's leaning on the bar. He's got his legs crossed one over the other. So yeah, white white chinos, um, white chinos. A shirt with a with a white white jumper over the top. Yeah. yeah. Classy stuff, you know. Nothing. Nothing tastes. No logos. You know the type. Yeah. Slumming it, just you know, grinning. Once a bit rough. Over the top of his, yeah. <laughs> End of the night, you know, there'll be a, a few lines of decent stuff over that bar. Anyone? 
Anyway, right, okay. Let's stop describing a photo that listeners can't actually see. Um, it just made me laugh, the fact that, yeah, you, mm. people seem to age differently. In different well, maybe, maybe seeing the ghost aged him terribly. That's true, actually. It could well have been that. So, okay. So the... the the ghost actually managed... Oh, sorry. The man who, who's picked up opened the passenger door and got in. Because we don't know yet, do we? Might, might have no. been a magician or something. We don't know if he's a ghost. Um, when, when he asked where he wanted to go, his only response was to point ahead further down the misty road. It's misty, mm. apparently. So he let in the minis clutch and the van pulled away. That's a nice bit of description, isn't it? No. <laughs> that is a nice bit of description. <laughs> he pressed his thumb firmly on the handbrake button... Lifted it slightly and then released. <laughs> Balance the clutch in the accelerator without and without stalling the car. <laughs> Move edge edge forwards, changing from first gear to second. I'll tell you what strikes me though. So he's asking where he wants to go and he's just like pointed Point down the road. Forward, yeah. like, to be honest with you, mate, unless you're deaf, yeah, that's a bit fucking rude. I'm giving you a lift. Yeah, but that's why you get sorry, killed d- up by sorry, I didn't hear that. Where, where are you going? Wow. It's an uncomfortable situation, isn't it? Yeah, you can't ask him to leave then, I guess. So the journey continued in silence for some minutes until Fulton decided to offer the youth a cigarette. Do you want a fag? (laughs) And this is the point where what had been a completely ordinary familiar situation suddenly crossed over a threshold into the strange and frightening world of the unknown. I leant forward and picked up the packet of cigarettes, he later recalled. Turned round to offer the lad one, and that man or boy was not sitting there. Mm. Stunned, Fulton pulled the mini to a halt. Turning on the interior light, looked in the back, thinking maybe he climbed into the rear of the van. <coughs> Nothing there. I mean, this guy's not very perceptive. Someone's sitting next to you, <laughs> and they disappear, and you're just like, oh, I didn't notice until I, I offered mean, him a fag. He's just come down from the pub. Yeah, I reckon he was pissed off. I reckon he'd had a few. Yeah. And then he's like, he's put hunting around in the glove box for his cigarettes, and just kind of like, you know. The glove box, which would be... Presumably on the side of the vehicle where (laughs) where the person should be. Do you reckon he just blacked out? (laughs) (laughs) The person had just jumped out. He's he's gone through the windscreen. (laughs) (laughs) He just mentioned that bit. Oh, oh, it was really weird. Just get out of the choir. (laughs) (laughs) It was really weird. He wasn't there and the windscreen had disappeared too. And suddenly, and we suddenly... come to a sudden halt by a tree, <laughs> <laughs> and blood was gushing out of my nose. So, so imagine what his next move is, Chris. Go back and look for him. He's off down the pub. He does. So, he? Now terrified. Just go to a different pub. Now terrified. Fulton need clutch... little, I need a. I need a cheeky straightener <laughs> yeah. after that. <laughs> now terrified. Cars are right off. I'm going to hitch. <laughs> He dragged himself out of the wreckage of the car. That's what I have to do with a pint after that. Well, I need need something strong to settle my nerves. Then I'll get back on my way. So now terrified, Fulton drove in a panic to his local pub. I've got to ring ring the police and report with my car stolen. Better get a couple of whiskeys in before I do that. Settle my nerves. Different times. Different times. Yeah, better times. (laughs) Some would say. So, now terrified, Fulton drove in a panic to his local pub, the Glider in Lather Road, Dunstable, which we've just seen the photo of. Oh. Very nice-looking premise, premises. Mm. Um, it's homely, so, isn't it? It's homely, homely, yeah. Wooden walls. It looks like a good working man's pub. Do you reckon it's still there? No, probably. I'll tell you what. Pub centre lasts forever, don't that's they? Another, that's another That's another one, one we'll go to, is it? For a field trip, isn't it? 
go and get go and get see if that bloke's still there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, go and see if we can meet Roy. What's it called? Uh, the glider. Let's have a look. Actually, glider in. Lothar I'll have a look Road. now. Fullerton. Glider in Lothar Road, which is in no Fulton is the the chap's name. Oh. What's the name of the town? Uh, hang on a sec. Are you looking it up then? Oh, yeah, it's. I think it's Dunstable. Yeah, Dunstable. Lothar Road. It is still there. Yeah. It's on oh, it looks. It looks depressing inside now. Oh, I think this is a field trip, Chris. This looks like the worst pub ever. <laughs> it's underneath. It's underneath a block of flats. <laughs> Fuck me. They got live music on Saturday night. Really, Elvis impersonator. I'd hope so. Get, get down there on Saturday. If Richard impersonate. <laughs> well, that was in 2018, so... God, it looks it still looks exactly the same. Well, it looks really depressing inside now. They've changed the walls. I mean, it does look 70s, but the walls aren't all wooden now. Oh, but look at the live band. They're in a bit of fun. Oh, nice. That's you on the left, isn't it? Could well be. Playing Although the bass? Playing the bass, yeah. Yeah, but you can play the bass. I can do, yeah. <laughs> You know, I can play the guitar, so I can play the bass. <laughs> <laughs> Not properly real bassist, but uh, yeah. I like the fact that he's got um, a Manchester bucket hat on. That's, That's nice, isn't name. it? And that person, the guy on the right, is being being haunted by an orb. Yeah, I mean, how can coming you out that, coming Chris? out of his, coming out of his there's, there's no there's no visible light source. <laughs> so yeah, there's like a load of pictures of the band, which is probably quite good actually because it makes it like a bit more dynamic. Um, and then there's a picture of a Warburton's truck outside for some reason. Oh, we got bread, we got <laughs> yeah. bands, B and B, and then uh, a sign up saying, "Despite my earlier request, you still piss on my floor. What's wrong with you?" So there's a blackboard in the uh, in the toilet. Apparently, the uh, some of the customers are a bit incontinent. Still piss on my fucking on my floor. Yeah. some Larry drunk has apparently scored that out. Oh, anyway, so controversy at the glider. Yeah. You know, if, if you're in the, if you're in the area, go down. It's got a lot of history. Well, I say a lot of history. A bloke met a ghost hitchhiker once and went down there for a for a pint. Um, so, well, actually, we'll carry on now. So he's gone down there, ashen faced and shaking. He blurted out his terrifying story to the landlord Bill Stone and this group of regulars. Two things haunted. Yeah, him I bet him. they don't like. I bet they wouldn't like us, the group of regulars. Do you reckon it's still there? Yeah. Yeah, we went there that night. Do you reckon it's like a real sort of... It's a bit like the blind beggar in East London and everyone down there seen when the craze murdered that fella. Yeah. Point of honor. It's like, yeah, we were we were there that night. Roy Fulton was... He can't have been. He was only 25. Wouldn't have been born. <laughs> Sharp. Well, Neil, just to say that we could get the train to Lee Grieve and then it's about a kilometre from there, so get an Uber. Right, walk your distance, isn't it? Yeah, or a cab. Walk yeah. your distance, yeah. Have some cans on the way in... Yeah. Um, in Horton Hall Park. There you go. Beautiful. Lovely. We'll see you all there. Yeah. Oh, we'll go to... We'll have some cans in uh, Lucy Park as well on the way. Or Boozy Park. That's what we call it. Yeah, sure we won't be the only ones. There we go. It's got, it's got quite a lot of parks. Well, that's good. That's nice, isn't it, for Dunstable? Yeah. Oh, oh right. Okay, it's really close to Luton. Okay. So, could be a bit rough. Anyway, <laughs> we but we've been worse, I'm sure. Um, oh yeah. So he, he blurts out his terrifying story to the landlord and the, the group of regulars. Two things talking about the experience: the eerie, pale-faced youth was somehow part of an earlier traffic accident which had not been reported, and secondly, the sad son. Hey, by him. <laughs> yeah. 
the last time the last time he'd been to the pub to play darts. And then he might follow him home. Oh, why did you run me over? Yeah. I was playing I was a bit pissed, all right? Cause stop going on about it. Yeah. All my mistakes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lest ye be judged. So he was later interviewed by a writer and researcher Michael Gosson in nineteen eighty five, took part in the respected television documentary series Arthur C. Clarke's World of Strange Powers. Mm. So, you know, didn't Arthur C. Clarke, wasn't he a sci-fi writer? Yeah, he was, yeah. Yeah, he decided to get involved in paranormal afterwards, apparently. Um, on both occasions, he's told the same story without any deviations or embellishments. That one night in October 1979, he took a ghost for a ride. The countries apparently as diverse and wide apart as Sweden, Pakistan, Canada, Korea and South Africa all have their own individual and specific culture tales. The experience of this Bedfordshire motorist ranks as one of the most compelling and thought-provoking of all. Does it say much for the other ones, does it? Arthur C. Clarke's most famous thing was 2001 Space Odyssey. Oh, he did do 2001 Space Odyssey. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't sure if that was him or uh, the other... Yeah, because he was quite quite a famous sci-fi. Yeah, yeah, very famous, yeah. Did he he work for IBM as well, Arthur C. Clarke? Don't think so. Do you know what? Doesn't matter, does it? No. It don't really matter, do it? Matter. Don't um, matter. You're focusing on the wrong things. Exactly. Love. You know, here we are with a terrifying ghost story, and I'm thinking <coughs> about Arthur C. Clarke's CV. Um, yeah, well, there you go, Chris. What did you think of that? Um, Impressed, I can tell. You've literally been stunned I mean, in silence. Yeah, I mean, it is possible that heavy abuse of alcohol over a, a number of years can lead to hallucinations. I think that's true to say. Um, and he, I, th- I think, you know, I think the thing which makes me question it a little bit is how, <laughs> how little perception of his own environment in the car he seems to have. Like he's rummaging around for a pack of fags and stuff, but he hasn't noticed that the person's disappeared. Yeah. He doesn't notice until he guy like shakingly gets a cigarette out and lights it. He goes, "Oh, would you like one?" Oh, he's gone. <laughs> it's, I don't know. But, um, I'd, I'd say there are some question marks over over the validity of, 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 of the witness. witness. Yeah. Possible, we don't know. We're, we're obviously making up. It might be. Um... I mean, and the fact the fact that he's in his twenties and he looks about fifty <laughs> leads me to believe that maybe he's not been living the healthiest lifestyle. Do you think he just basically like, picked somebody up and then just nodded off and the guy was just like, let himself <laughs> out. It's like, oh, it's far walk. The car just rolled to, a st- <laughs> rolled to a stop in the middle of a roundabout. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I believe now I've got a cigarette. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <where are> you? <laughs> I mean, that's probably what... Oh, fuck, I'm going to go. Oh, I need a drink. I'm not saying that's what happened, but, you know, between that <laughs> and saying, the paranormal explanations, then... Uh, I'm know. not saying that's... I'm not saying that's what happened, but what I'm not saying is that's not not what happened. <laughs> yeah, and the fact that his, his first instinct was to go down the local... <laughs> down the <laughs> pint before he went down the police <laughs> to report what happened is kind of like... He's, uh, well, it's an interesting decision to have made. Oh, uh, you know, different times. Well, exactly, but it was different times. I'll tell you what, you know, I I would like to, I wouldn't mind visiting the glider, but I'd like, I'd, I'd like to go back when it was in 1979, when it was, um, you know, on that night, we were all having a, having a round there. It looks, looks like a friendly place. Well, when he comes crashing, right, smashes into a table. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. oh, I've been there on that night, that would have been amazing. <laughs> Come through the door, straight over, 
Yeah. Like, so he hauls himself up to the bar. <laughs> see the ghost. Oh, seriously? <laughs> so, just a stuff of whiskey from the nerves. <laughs> you sure you're right to drive, Roy? Yeah, well, fair enough. <laughs> All right, we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Take it easy. Yeah. All right, everyone, uh, give him 15 minutes to get home before you go out and you're in your own cars. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> well, there was a lot of drink driving back in those days. I think, yeah, I think it was a lot more kind of like, especially if you're somewhere... It's very prevalent, very yeah. prevalent. Like, I've talked to my sort of, my, you know, my family members, who, you know, and in the 60s and 70s, like, people just drank, you know, it just it wasn't even a thing. People just drink, drive all the fucking time. Mm. I, I'm kind of glad that we stopped that, yeah, to be honest. Uh... Good thing. It certainly resulted in less road death. But yes. yeah. Yeah, you can you know, don't matter how, how good you Well are. I think do you know what? Like the thing is as well, because we are city folk, so you know, we can get a bus or a taxi or a train or whatever yeah, to get home. Right, like, we've got public... country. Yeah. I think there's still a fuck I mean I if I was a driver, I wouldn't want to be driving out in the country like at eleven o'clock at night because Country pubs are just out in the middle of nowhere on their own, and you can't tell me that everyone there's not like is oh I'm the designated driver bullshit. Like people go there and they get pissed and then sort of go oh, I'll be alright to drive I know the roads. Do you know what I mean? That still goes on. I I wouldn't fancy driving around. I think it's a bit of a fucking lottery, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I mean, I can't imagine you're getting a lot. Of, well, you would hope there would. Yeah, I don't know. There's not a lot of traffic in this. Yeah, who knows. Who knows? Possible. Um, moving on though from uh, from drink driving laws, which we we yeah we're 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 pray yep. both stances ever um, <laughs> we're taking. <clears throat> so twenty fourteen. So this is, we go to Japan now. The hitchhiking ghosts of I'm not going to pronounce this correctly, but Ishinomaki. I'm going to say, um, mm-hmm. which is in the Miyagi Prefecture of Japan. So that's good, mm. Mr Miyagi. Remember him from yep. the former um, former prime minister of Japan. Yep. Um, regarding any usually, so um, so this is about this. There was a student. She was a sociology student. She was doing a, a thesis, um, uh, not around ghosts, but just um, I don't know why. For example, I don't know what what exactly. So she yeah, she's majoring in sociology. Not sure what exactly what her thesis was on, but basically she was questioning a thousand different taxi drivers about any unusual experiences they may have had after the area was um, devastated by a tsunami in uh, 2011. Mm. So this is 2015, circa, she, she was doing this. Um, oh, I've heard sort of 15, this. 16, yeah. So she went out and sort of did a study of 100. So um, most ignored her, and some became angry. <coughs> but seven drivers had some very unusual Very, hosp- very hospitable people. They wanted to share. Um, I don't know, I suppose. Well, to be fair... You can, I suppose, and drivers are the same everywhere. Well, exactly, yeah, and it's kind of like, but also, I think it's kind of like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm working. Don't waste my time. I guess I don't, know. I don't know. Well, I would assume she was probably paying for the ride. Yeah, normally you know, don't pay that well, but normally you would sort of like. Yeah, but you're paying. You're paying. Oh the no, amount, she probably which... she probably rocked up at the taxi station and was like, you know, oh, you paying. think she was interviewing people at the rank yeah, yeah. rather than getting in the cab? Yeah. Oh, well, and she made a rob for a pair. I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't know what the research methodology was, Chris. But uh, you know, that, we'll have to explain that. You know. well, so, I'm if I can get hold of a thesis, I'll have it. I'll have a shifty. Um, and I've done that kind of thing where you've done. Like, I think I had a flatmate. She's doing something like this. It was psychology, not sociology. But she basically would pay four pound if somebody would do like a 
you know, just fill out a form. Yeah. There's like a bit for free for you, just like that. It's, you know, um, we'll pay because that's kind of like the dumb thing sort of thing. I'm happy to do it for free. But uh, yeah, obviously they don't pay much. Um, of course, four pounds back in those days, Neil. But yeah, we slap look, up, slap up meal. Best part of twenty years ago. So uh, yeah, I'd get you a couple of pints. Go down to West End. Yeah, this is around the time when we were sort of like yeah, complaining that pints have gotten past two pound, eight quid in London now, Chris. It's just yeah, broken. Doesn't surprise me. Broken Britain. Oh. <laughs> Why'd you go down Covent Garden? What are you expecting? Um, so the most noted account from a paper regarded a driver in his fifties who picked up a fare in the early summer of two thousand and eleven. The driver stopped at the um, local station to let a woman in her 30s who was wearing a winter coat climb into the back of the cab. She asked to be driven by to the uh, Minamahama district of the city. He pointed out that the area was almost empty and asked if she was sure she wanted to go there. She responded in a shivering voice, Have I died? The unusual question made the driver turn to look at her, but she'd vanished. Ooh. So that's eerie, isn't it? And I, yeah, I I've, I've that, heard of these ones, like... yeah. Sort of I assume the district around. must have been devastated after the tsunami. Yeah, the tsunami. Yeah. That's why it was... Um, that's quite chilling. Um, and another driver stated they had a younger man who looked to be in his 20s get into the cab. The driver looked up the young man in the rearview mirror to see he was just pointing forward. It's another rude... See, these male ghosts, don't they? are so rude. It's like, yeah. Nice young lady. She just, you know, have a bit of a chat about... Need a, little, need a little spell in the military. That's what they need. Oh. Ghost... Go in the ghost army. Yeah. Bring back national service for ghosts. That's why I say it builds your confidence as well. Um, <laughs> ghost confidence. <yeah. laughs> That's where we're suffering from. So we want more more confident ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> and really start kicking stuff around. I mean, that's the last thing we need. That is, yeah. yeah. We need we I'm, need to keep... I've not thought this through. That's um, one of my platforms that I'm running for for Mayor of Brighton is um, keep ghosts unconfident. Yeah. Yeah, I want. I wonder why you were going on that slogan. I mean, to be honest with you, if that policy came out of our national government in the next few years, it wouldn't, it yeah. wouldn't be the stupidest. I say, yeah, I lifted it directly from Tory manifesto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't bat an eyelid, to be honest with you. Fair enough. Yeah, Boris Johnson said it in uh, <laughs> Prime Minister's Question Times when he was asked about Partygate. <laughs> said, um, keep, keep ghosts unconfident. It's, it's lawyery, swatty Starmer over there. Doesn't give a toss about the ghosts doing normal people like me and you. Hmm? Yeah? What's he doing about that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is just a bunch of piffle, really. Focusing on like a birthday cake when you should be focusing on the growing confidence of ghosts. Remind my double friend, we're going to get on with getting Brexit done and delivering for this country. Ramona nonsense. And so on. And Economy so forth. up, ghost confidence down. down. Yes. <laughs> he just dusts off his shoulders. Big, big cheering. Big tent conservatism. Oh, do, you, do you reckon Boris Johnson would like going for a pint down the glider? God, no, of course he wouldn't. <laughs> of course he wouldn't. He'd pretend he would, though, wouldn't he? Him no, and Nigel Farage. I don't think he even knows where Luton is. I know, but if you landed in there and it's like, oh, you've got a, there's some pros here, you've got to win over. He'd, he'd like, you know, it's like when you see him wandering around sort of some factory with a fucking tabard on or whatever, do you know what I mean? And some fluorescent jacket, you know, on a yeah. hard hat, whatever. Doesn't know what's going on, does he? No, he doesn't know what factory is. Just, just, just wander around and then pretend to be. Oh, what's all? What's all this metal stuff? Um, the machines. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you just write for a newspaper and make stories up? Yeah. <laughs> far more money, far more easily doing that. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's definitely, definitely an important important se- important section of ghost hitchhikers that I'm glad that we alone have covered. Yes. <laughs> well, this is this is what probably what people come to the podcast. This, these are the kind of angles you're not getting with a conventional treatment of urban urban legends. Apparently. Um Yeah, so so yeah, and there's another driver that said they'd had a young man look at his twenties, get into their cab. It said the young man in the rearview mirror is pointing forward. Um, after asking the passengers to name destination several times, exactly that's what I'd do, mate. Mm. You can't be able to speak; you're not getting a ride. The young man finally answered, uh, answered the name of the local mountain. Driver headed out. By the time it arrived at the mountain, the passenger was no longer in the vehicle. Mm. Um, and all seven clearly thought they had picked up human passengers, and shown by one fact, they'd all started their meters. Mm. Um, unless it's a, unless it's a grift. Well, you say that, but it says once the taxi meter is started, the time it represents must be paid for, if not by a passenger, then by a debit from the driver's paycheck. Ooh. So they're not likely to fake these no. stories, because, and, and especially since none of them had sought attention for the accounts until this lady had interviewed them as part of her thesis. So she noted all seven drivers described younger-looking passengers, and so speculated they're all victims of the tsunami. Yeah. Um, also suppose that when a young person dies, their ghost is more likely to feel strongly chagrined by the fact, and therefore more likely to need to communicate this frustration through to the living. She felt they were using the taxi as a medium for the communication, and she was impressed by the fact that drivers were not afraid of the strange passengers. They seemed to hold the experiences with some reverence. Yeah, she you in it. Yeah, and also they, you know, some of them had lost friends and family in the tsunami, so they, yeah. you know, they, they obviously... well, that's the most compelling one, isn't it? Yeah, that, I mean that, that's that's interesting, and I'd kind of like wouldn't mind reading more on that actually, because um, yeah, you, you've done someone who's actually. I mean, I think the there's, a documentary, there's a documentary about it. I'm sure. I'm sure I've okay. seen it. You know. Yeah. I mean, and in no way am I saying that this is what's happened. But if we're going to be skeptical for a second, it's entirely possible she made it all up. But now, I, I, I think. Well, no, actually, because you've written a thesis, I think actually you'd that would be a pretty pretty risky thing to do. So yeah, I think, I think so. You'd need to you'd need to have extensive notes and all the rest of it to back things up. So um, yeah, I mean, it could <clears throat> the like for the only kind of like explanation that I can kind of come up with for that is these people lived through an incredibly traumatic mm. time when their whole um, their whole town and everything and people they knew were wiped out. And they could well be suffering from PTSD. Yeah, that's that's the the kind of logical explanation. So, having seen like their whole world basically be destroyed and people they know all die and stuff, it could be kind of a PTSD thing where they where their minds sort of see someone in kind of a way to to kind of I don't know comfort them that these people are still about you know even as ghosts like they're not. They, they're gone, but they're, they're, their spirit lives on, kind of thing. Yeah, don't know. That could be it. Well, some way of processing grief. No, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, so so that was quite an interesting one. Mm. Um, so yeah, so I just thought it was an interesting little legend here because obviously it's it's just a you know, yeah, it's you've got the basic well, folklore. It it's, it's quite a big one. It's global, and it's I haven't sort of hunted down any other countries, but I thought those are a couple of interesting ones. We've got a we've got Roy in in the UK, and then um, you know some of our taxi drivers in Japan, and so uh, yeah, lovely for thought. So, Neil, shall we go through our scoring system? Yes. Find it. Right. Um, Neil, so, spookiness, you got voiced. Yeah, so, I think it is kind of, I mean, 
again, you've got to sort of question what, what it is that they're wanting. But I think, yeah, the, the notion that they've, they've died young and they're just sort of like, they're frustrated or whatever, and to communicate that, actually, that, that kind of makes sense as well. Yeah, there is something spooky. Because I think if you had some kind of experience of what's theoretically the afterlife, I think that would shake you up. You know, you'd mm. think about the metaphysical possibilities and all the rest of it you hadn't thought of before. And who knows? Um, but, uh, yeah, it, I... It's not, and it's not sort of spooky, scary, if you like. But I think there yeah. is something like back of your hairs and the neck coming up. I mean, if you had an experience like this, even if like Roy, you know, potentially you're <clears throat> it, from, from anywhere on a scale from In, had a couple down the darts match to couple. can barely see straight, <laughs> <laughs> like fall asleep at the wheel, yeah. um, you'd still like you know, cars in a bush when you wake up, yeah. You'd still, Go you know, ghost bush. If you thought you'd seen that, or you'd, or you'd had that kind of experience, that would, I think that would be spooky. You would remember that for the yeah. rest of your life. I think that. So I think this is quite a high, high one. So it's not one that's kind of like terrifying or scary, but I think it does have a spookiness factor. So I'm going to give it a seven. Seven. Okay. So yeah, I think it's spooky. It would be a spooky thing to happen, um, whether or not it's a real ghost or your mind manifesting it, or years of drinking has led to hallucinations. <laughs> Um, either way, you're perceiving it as real. Yeah, exactly. And I think that is spooky. Um, you see, the thing with ghost stuff uh, is it is spooky on one hand, but I think I'd find it quite comforting because then I would feel more comfortable that perhaps there is something rather than just nothing when you die. So that's, you know, there being an afterlife is quite comforting, what? even if it is just being a ghost. Like, at least there's something um but yeah i think yeah i think i'm similar to you i think it is quite spooky so i'm going to give it a seven on that one i don't know how much i'd find the um i don't know the older i get i kind of i don't know i think i'd fall into the buddhist view about nirvana to be honest with you i think um complete release isn't necessarily a bad bad thing but anyway that's that's probably a philosophical discussion for another day yeah it's Um, probably a bit highbrow for Let's, let's, let's edit that bit out. Let's put okay. <laughs> um, um, on, Chris. No, that, that, that's the bit which I'm going to clip and put as our kind of clip of the show so people get an incredibly wrong impression about <laughs> what they're about to listen to. Um, so, believability. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, again, it's similar to the first one, whether or not it was a ghost or it was alcohol-induced or... PTSD induced or whatever, I think that these people believe they saw what they saw. I can see how the mind can trick you into that. But, you know, if I'm sort of, you know, I'm agnostic, so I'm quite happy to hold up my hand and say, I don't know. So, I mean, it could well be that somewhere where some big trauma has happened, that, you know, the the spirit or energy of the the victim could still kick about it's possible it's not likely but it's possible so i think those two added together i'm going to give it a seven again neil yeah and again it's another one for me where whilst i don't necessarily believe in the sort of ghost stories per se um what you've got is a couple of reasonably well validated experiences which i think is quite interesting because you've got like what is on the face of it classic bit of folklore with with you know you have usually have very little to recommend it but it's kind of interesting you know well, yeah, that'd be spooky, but then actually a couple of, of first-hand experiences that are, you know, or, or well, multiple in the in the sort of second instance. So, yeah, that 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 gives it a, a ramp up in the believability stakes. Well, however you want to, whatever you want to ascribe this to, I I suspect that you know 
they, they don't feel like hoaxes to me. It doesn't feel like somebody's yeah. doing it for a laugh, especially the ones where she interviewed them afterwards because they, they've not come forward and asked to do this. And even even the one with Roy, I mean, <clears throat> whatever his condition might have been or whatever, and obviously we're just <clears throat> joking about that. But, um, you know, I, I, you know, I mean, you might might have been hoaxing, but it'd be a bit of a, a weird Well, who knows? It could be. I mean, you can all, never explain with any of these things. But, um, yeah, they, they, they feel like they're quite believable. Some of them have been very well verified in terms of just, like, you know, what they've done to sort of ask people about it. So that gives it a certain credence. You know, whatever your explanation is for for, it ha- for what's happened, I think some of them it's entirely possible or entirely believable that the person who had the experience, you know, believed what they'd seen. So, yeah, I'm going to give it a seven as well. Seven, OK. So, uh, Reach Neil. Um, yeah, this is one I think I'm, that I'm reasonably familiar with. Um, I don't know in terms of like how far it's gone back, but it's the sort of thing I could imagine. It would be a classic sort of ghost story thing, wouldn't it? So I think this one's going to have gone around quite far. I think this is another seven for me. It hasn't been on Supernatural. There haven't been a load of movies about it, unfortunately, because, mainly probably because it's quite a broad thing. But, uh, yeah, I think it's, you know, gone around the world. Yeah. Um, and again, I'm uh, I'm with you. Uh, it, it's gone round the world. I would be shocked if there weren't stories going back to uh, people picking up someone in a coach or something yeah. back in the 1800s, and then the person disappearing. I think it's probably quite an old Bound to be. It's quite an old one. Um, and again, it it kind of appears all over the world, independent of each other. So yeah, I'm saying seven again. This is all the sevens. Um, narrative premise. So, yeah, I mean, uh, the, pre- the 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 premise. You know, uh, again, it's stuck, hasn't it? And it's that thing of um, you're on your own and you're doing a good turn, and you've kind of brought it on yourself a little bit. But the ghosts don't really seem to do anything apart from the old woman who predicts the end of World War Two. <laughs> um, but yeah, and. Yeah, I think I think it's good. It's it's that yeah, like the, and then suddenly they disappeared, and you're like, oh shit! I thought that was a person. Um, I mean, there's not a huge narrative to it because it's more of a series of incidents. But um, yeah, it's all right. I'm going to give it a six for narrative premise now. Yeah, a bit lower on this one for me, I think, because it's um, yeah, I thought, there's, there's some there's some stuff there, but um, there's not. You could build on it. There's some foundations, but yeah, it's pretty much a one and done thing. It's it's be more of a short story than a, than a movie for me. So I'm going to give it a five. I know, quite compelling. Okay, and that gives an overall score of fifty three, which is pretty high for one us. One of our higher ones, I would have thought. One of our higher ones. It was a hitting most of them. Pretty at least three or four there for me. Pretty high. Yeah, so, yeah. very good. Um, yeah. So um, if you've ever um, paid for hitchhiking with grass, arse, or petrol, then uh, please let us know at herb.legends. If you've petrol disappeared out of your engine at some point, at gmail.com. Yeah, or Phantom or a Petrol. Bus who's picked up an entire bus full of phantoms and then disappeared. <laughs> That'd be good. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, if you ever used to perhaps be a conductor on a ghost train, um, any of these are great topics to let us know about um but yeah that's it for this week i hope you've enjoyed it um i know i have and uh i will see you next week take care everyone